So here I am, sad, sad, sitting, waiting for people to come up to me and tell me some stories for Nine Lives Podcast. And some random lady <laughs> comes up to me, falls to her knees, chai tea covering her hands, and she says, I have no napkins. And then I said, it's Grace. Tell me a story. My name is Grace Shin. This is the story about the time my econ professor and I had the most horrifying 45 minute office hour experience of my life. It was very, it was just very awkward to say the very least. So I am in macroeconomics 201 with the infamous Mark Witte. Oh, yes. And as we all know, he is quite the um, personality, the character, oh, yes. makes his jokes, you know, mm -hmm. he loves bashing Trump. He loves talking about how coronavirus is shutting the economy down because it like is. Mm -hmm. So I did fairly mediocre on his first midterm and I was like, okay, we're chilling. Like this is a passing grade. It's below average, but not so far below that I'm concerned. Midterm two rolls around. My sorority date night is the night before the midterm, naturally. Naturally, yes, you were there. It was, a, it was an interesting time. Uh, the date night was so horrible that I got um, more intoxicated than expected. And therefore, my plan to wake up early and study the next morning fell through. I did not get a passing grade this time. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Let's go to office hours. It can't be that bad. My TA doesn't really speak English very well. So like, let's go to the source. Let's go to Mark Witte himself, the man, the myth, the legend. Mm -hmm. I roll up. I get there. I sit on my ass in the hallway for a solid like 20 minutes waiting for him to finish up. He summons me into his lair in Kellogg. I walk in, I introduce myself because I'm like, you know, this is like a 200 person class. He definitely has no idea who I am. I was like, okay, I sit down. And I was like, I just didn't do so great on your last midterm. I really would just like to review it with you. And he looks at me, he goes, why'd you do so much worse on this one than the other one? He knew. He knew who I, oh my God. That's I spilled. terrifying. Guys, I'm spilling my chai again. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, yeah, he knew who I was and I don't know how because I also had like not been going to lecture. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, Mark Witte. But then he asked me why I like failed his midterm and I was like, homie, I don't know. That's why I'm here. And then constituted a lovely 45 minutes of him offering me a Kleenex because I was sick. Him asking me like if we were just going to sit in silence or if I was going to like come up with more specific questions for him. And in conclusion, I didn't know how to politely tell him that I had no idea what was going on in his class and that I kind of just needed him to teach me the entire class in like 10 minutes. But he did not pick up what I was putting down. And that is the story of office hours with Mark Witte. You're literally, you are both literally and figuratively spilling the tea in this moment. I really am. Hey Nine Labs listeners, it's me, your host, Sad, again. A lot of us have been struggling with the disruptions of our daily routine that the coronavirus has brought upon us. With today's episode, we hope to remind you all of much more normal times with stories from very normal people going about, or trying to go about, their very normal lives. Every now and then, we at Nine Lives set up a station on campus where students can drop by and tell any story from their experience at their own leisure. The stories you'll hear today come from fellow students who pop by our story booth in Main Library during reading week. Our second storyteller, Zoe, shares with us an unexpected result of being starstruck. Hi, I'm Zoe Port. I'm from Los Angeles, California. Every year I go to Hawaii with my whole mom's side of the family. So that's 13 cousins, 10 aunts and uncles, and two grandparents who used to be super youthful, but recently not so much. We go to this place called the Manolani, which has been under construction for like a couple, a bunch of years now. But we go and basically the staff kind of knows us. And I remember this was like 2008. 
that'll be relevant. And basically, I really had to poop, obviously. But since the hotel was under construction, like there was no bathrooms downstairs and I couldn't just like poop like I could pee in the ocean. So I had to go up to my hotel room and on my way in the elevator I'm like oh my god this is like code brown like things are about to happen I get into the elevator and there is in their prime prime careers the Leah Michelle and the late great Cory Monteith and at the shock of them being in that elevator with me I shat my pants at a mere eight years old and this was obviously really traumatizing, and so I didn't say anything, and I just let them smell it for a couple floors, and then I ran out and started sobbing. But ever since then, I'm a little convinced that Cory Monteith haunts me. I named my car after him, and every year on his death date, I watch Glee without realizing that it's his death date. That's a fact. If you think 2020 isn't going your way, trust me, you are not alone. Here is Sam with a story about the grand start to his year. 2020 has not been my year so far, um, and that was sort of encapsulated. It, I want to say in one day. This is January, I don't know exactly when, but sort of middle of January, late January. And I'd made the decision to go home and visit my family. I'd, I'd uh, driven here to Chicago to surprise my uh, girlfriend um, over New Year's, and I had my brother's car, so I had to get that home, just wanted to see the family, all that sort of stuff. Um, so get in the car, getting ready, you know, mentally to drive all the way back to Ohio. It's a six and some change hour drive. You got to go through Chicago, uh, try to beat rush hour. So obviously that's always a sort of a pain. So I'm driving along, heading into the city thinking, yeah, oh man, this is great. No traffic yet. I did it. Like, you know, Sam, you planned this like a master. Everything's going great. And all of a sudden I hear thunk. I'm like, oh, what is that? And all of a sudden I started applying pressure to the gas pedal and the car would sort of jerk forward and then stop and jerk forward and then stop. And so I think, oh, shit. Like, how am I going to pull this off? Uh, I certainly don't want to stop in the middle of traffic. There's 60 mile an hour on all sides of me. But luckily there's an exit sort of around where the, uh, what is it, Addison Blue Line stop is. Pull off, go to a Olive Garden parking lot, park there, call my dad. Thank God for this new technology that we have. Uh, I don't know what I've done 20 years ago and say, hey, uh, the car's not working. And he says, well, what's wrong with it? I said, well, it won't accelerate. He goes, that's a problem. I was like, thank you. That was very helpful. I appreciate that. And so he says, all right, well, there's an auto zone that's like, you know, two miles away from you. Do you think the car can go that far? I was like, yeah, probably. Drive to the auto zone. They plug something into the car and it tells them that there's something wrong with some sort of like fuel injector. And they say, well, you're going to need to get that fixed. And I said, great. That's awesome. But luckily I'd passed it was called Accurate Imports. It was a, a auto body repair shop. So I drove there. You know, the car's limping along at this point. I'm sort of cursing under my breath, thinking, oh, man, this is just the worst day. Pull in there, and I said, hey, there's something wrong with the car. I gave them the piece of paper I'd been given in advanced auto parts, and they said, great, we'll take a look at it. Uh, so I wait for three hours, made lovely conversation with the little kid of the owner who had been scampering around, and they hand me the keys. They say, all right, we fix it. I pay them, I don't know exactly how much, around 700 800 bucks. So not, not a small uh, payment by any stretch of imagination, but I thought, you know what, it's worth it. Just get out of here. I had to get it fixed no matter what, so it's fine. Get in the car, feeling great. I'm like, all right, we're getting out of here finally. Filled it up with gas and then hit the open road. I, I get all the way through Chicago, basically no traffic. Shit, best luck that day. It was 3 o'clock. There's no traffic in Chicago. Like, everything's turning up Sam. This engine thing is, is all the way in my distant memory already. It's only been an hour. And finally, I get to the Skyway, pay the toll. And right as I leave, it, it was like a movie. Like, I go through the toll booth. I turn around, flip Chicago the bird because of the day I've had, and say, all right, we're going now. And right as I said that and thought that, I hear thunk. I just thought, no. No, this can't be happening. 
this isn't real. And I don't remember what my exact words were, but I know Falk was said more than a few times. And I pull the car off onto the shoulder about 100 yards probably past where the toll booth was. And I call, call my dad and I just started screaming. And it wasn't his fault. I just needed to get the anger out. I needed someone to hear it to like validate it. And my dad, bless his heart, just started laughing. I, just, I, like, I, I want to cry. I don't want, like, I, there's just no way out of this. And it was that awful moment of realization that like you're an adult now. And that calling your parents, they can't fix anything because you're sitting on the shoulder of the road in Illinois and there's no airdrop coming. There's there's no one coming to pick you up and take you home. You got to put your big boy pants on and call a tow truck, which is what I did. I uh, called a tow company. The guy didn't speak English. So I'm trying to say, oh, I'm on the shoulder of the road past the toll booth. And he's okay. I was like, oh, no. And then my decision to speak German um, or learn German rather in high school just bit me in the ass. And I, I'd always been waiting for that day when it would. And I knew it would eventually. And then so finally he, he says, send me a picture. And so I was able to like snap a blurry picture of like where I was in the road. And he says, okay, I'll, I'll be there in like 45 minutes. So I'm sitting there in the car, car's off, can't be running it because uh, it was like overheating. Um, so I'm getting a little cold. And then I see the first snowflake hit my windshield. And I think this is the end for me. So he took about an hour to get there, got all the thing hooked up. I hopped in the, the cab of the tow truck with him and his, his girlfriend, who also didn't speak English. They were very disappointed that I didn't speak Spanish, and I, I was disappointed too at that moment. And we uh, hit the road, but at this point, the snow had really started coming down. And I opened Google Maps. I have kind of like a nervous stomach, and I, did, I, was, I was in a very enclosed space, and I was thinking like, oh, God, please, it should be 45 minutes wherever it took me to get there in the first place. And I look, and there's an hour and a half red line from where I am on Google Maps all the way back north, and I just... Like literally my, my heart stopped and we're creeping along and I just have this mounting panic. Like, oh my God, I, I, do, like, I can't calm myself back down. So I, I say to the guy, I say, hey, can you maybe just drop me off one of the L stops and just like take the, the car the rest of the way back? And he didn't understand what I meant. And so then I had to call the auto body shop and be like, hey, can you guys tell the driver to drop me at an L stop. By the time that this was all sorted out, I'd already been in that cab for about an hour and 15 minutes. And then they dropped me at one of the blue line stops. And I get on the L train, I say, great, head all the way back home, uh, get a text from my girlfriend. She comes over and breaks up with me. And so that was the end of my day. That's what kicked 2020 off for me. Not the best. <laughs> A big thank you to our storytellers for sharing their stories and to you for tuning in. We at Nine Lives Podcast hope that they help cure some of your boredom during this mandatory coronation. If you have a story you'd like to share, or if you know of anyone looking for a platform to share their stories, reach out and find us on Instagram at Nine Lives Podcast. And remember, all cats have nine lives. Share one of yours. 